This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back, looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. It's one out. He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Woo! Boy, is it heating up, baby. It's hot in the Bay Area today. But the Athletics, just six games left. Two against the Angels, four against the Mariners, and then it's postseason time. The magic number is five. I love talking about magic numbers. In moments, the manager, Bob Melvin, is going to be joining us From Anaheim, the Bob Melvin Show. And, of course, the Bob Melvin Show is brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. And if you go to Nest Bedding right now and you use the coupon code Oakland, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's nestbedding.com. Skip, only six to play. It's hard to believe. Uh, Yeah, you're right. Um, Seems to sneak up in a hurry, but. You know, since uh, probably the last couple of weeks, you, you kind of have a side of the finish line, and yeah, you know it's there, but you, you play and try to win each game. It's, it's a little different this time of year. You're not talking about winning series. You're talking about it, it winning every possible game you can. No doubt about it. And then you have a team that, you know, when, when you're getting ready for a series like this, how odd was it when all of a sudden you don't see Mike Trout and you don't see Shohei Otani? You know, their two big guns are not going to be playing. Yeah, that's that's pretty odd. We don't see that often against these guys. And a lot of times, even before we get here, you'll see Trout will get a day off or Otani will get a day off, but that, that doesn't usually occur against us. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. It's unfortunate these guys are, are hurt. But, uh, you know, you know that you play the teams at the time you play them, and, and that sometimes that stuff you don't control. But uh, it's still a major league team, and, and everybody is dangerous. So we have been waiting for Frankie Montas because we knew he was going to be able to be here for the last five games of the season. Uh, what is going to be the plan for Frankie going forward in the next five games? You know what? We're, gonna, we're talking about that as we speak right now. Um, Good chance he starts one of these games. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of what he's been very successful in doing this year for us. 
You know, we've we've had them both starting in in the bullpen in the past. Uh, this year, he really set, settled into the starting role. He's been pitching every five days down at our camp. He's thrown 100 pitches uh, for numerous times now. So uh, it looks like it's going to be a start, and we'll probably have something a little bit later on that. We're still kind of discussing what day. You know, I think for him personally, just for him to get back on the mound one more time, he is going to be a part of this thing. He's going to be a part of the rotation next year. Just how good is it for him to get back on the mound one more time before he heads into his offseason? Yeah, I think it's huge. You know, you can do all the the pitching at minor league camp and so forth to keep your arm in shape, but there, there's nothing like pitching in a major league game, and he's shown this year that he's very, very capable of doing that at a high level. I think he was on his way to – you know, at the very least, making an all-star team, maybe even starting the all-star game uh, when when he when he had to go. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know we discuss about you know can we use him for several games or do you use him for one? Uh, I think it's going to come down to a start, and and I'm pretty sure he'll be happy about that. You know, one of the things that's great about your players and your relationship with with your own players is the communication, mm-hmm. and what does it mean? where a guy like Chris Bassett, who has thrown the ball really well for you, and he has been at times dominant in the second half, where he says, you know what, I'll go into the bullpen and I'll help you. What does that mean to this club and to you? Yeah, he, he, he's all in. He's, he's all in to winning, and, and our guys are across the board right now. So, you know, when you have the type of breakout season he did is starting, this is the best he's ever performed at the big league level, and he's gotten an opportunity to start on a consistent basis, and he's pitched really well. And then towards the end of the season, uh, you know, you talk to a guy about going into the bullpen, he could care less, he just wants to, to help his team win. As you saw the other day, give us three innings of, of superb relief, and sometimes it's difficult to make that tr- transition. But, you know, I've said often about Chris, he just looks at his pitching, uh, you tell him when, you tell him where, and he's up for the task. And then the guy you got going tonight, Homer Bailey, 4-0 with a 1.88 ERA over his last seven starts. Talk about him, his split finger, and just how he's brought great stability to this, this rotation. Yeah, he really has. And, you know, you looked at his numbers before he came over here, and, you know, he did a nice job, but uh, since he's been here, the last two starts, he's been fantastic. And I think guys, you know, veteran guys like him just get inspired by the situation. And, you know, now all of a sudden he's pitching, uh, you know, for a team that, that has a chance to go to the postseason. And, and guys like him, veteran guys like him that have pitched at a really high level before, uh, just tune it up a notch. So they get inspired by that. That's been the case with him. He's been fantastic for us. And there have been a couple starts where he's been, been dominant. So. Uh, he's doing it at the right time. He's on a roll. He feels good. And, you know, even though he's got some innings under his belt this year, I, I think he's pitching as well as he has all year. And just talk about Mark Canna. I mean, wh- where would you be without this guy? <laughs> Who knows? I, I mean, he, he's plugged so many holes for us all year. Uh, you know, talk about the sixth man in basketball. This This guy is currently our sixth man, but now, you know, he's in a spot where he's playing every day. He's hitting the middle of the order. A lot of times fourth. He's driving in big runs. He's hitting home runs. He's playing great defense. We could never even envision him what he's doing in center field for us. It allows us uh, to take a little off uh, Ramon Laureano's plate and put, put Ramon in right field. Uh, he, he really has been a true band-aid for us all year. You look at the production, I think it's an over 900 OPS. Um, you know, in a full season, you're probably looking at all-star type numbers out of him and um he's meant so much to this team you know it's uh 
you know, both those Cal guys seem to be having pretty good years this year, and and here recently too, both of them been carrying us. Yeah, no doubt about it. He likes the nickname uh-huh. duct tape that we've given him because that's exactly what he is. And and just to think what he's doing in center field, I just never thought that would ever happen, but. He's been fantastic. And of course, Marcus. And one thing I've been banging the drum, Bob, for Marcus, your cow guys. I've been saying this guy is a legit MVP candidate. I don't know if he'll outlast Trout, but to me, he better at least be top three in votes. Yeah, you know, for a while there, it looked like might be on the peripherals of, of MVP type status. And now he's right in the middle of it, without a doubt. And he's doing his best work right now. At the end of the season, the guy's going to play 162 games, knock wood. He's got more at-bats than anybody. He's durable. He's playing great defense, and his energy level every day is absolutely the same. And and playing his best baseball uh, this late in the season, that's hard to do when you're playing a premier position like shortstop and you're doing it every day and you're leading off. Uh, it, it is a miraculous season he's having right now. The numbers just are off the charts at this point with the run scored and the on-base percentage and the homers for a shortstop. Uh, he has to be right in the middle of the MVP conversation. And then I think of the two young studs who have come up. Just what what kind of weapons have, have these kids given you when you know you got A.J. Puck and Jesus Lazardo down in the bullpen? Yeah, it feels right now like our bullpen has been as solid as it has all year, and it, it, it has a lot to do with these guys. And, you know, taking a little off his mouth at Keith's plate and – Soria and Hendricks and, and deep and the guys that have all these appearances that are in the top 10 uh, in the American League in appearances. And now we're able to give these guys, you know, days off and sometimes an extended rest as you're seeing right now. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a dual effect. It's given some other guys some rest and they're performing at a high level. So, and they're doing it for multiple innings on top of it. Uh, they've really made us feel good about where our bullpen is right now. We have known for a while that Sean Murphy is the future behind the dish for you. Since he's come up hitting 308, four home runs, eight RBIs, uh, nobody steals anymore, so you rarely get to see his arm. But what have you learned about Sean Murphy since he's come up? You know, he's been, I've stayed in touch with him this entire season, and he's been so excited about, you know, at some point in time getting here and, and helping out, not just a September call-up that kind of sits by and watches and, you know, gets a game here and there. He wanted to, to be part of this thing and, you know, was disappointed with the, with the injury. And then it looked like he had another injury that was going to keep him away from us and, you know, push through that. And, and now he's right in the middle of, of what you dreamed to be as a young player. So, you know, he showed both sides of it. He's, he's acclimated to the pitching staff. He's, he's a terrific catcher and blocker. Uh, right off the bat, he starts hitting home runs in places like Houston and being impactful at the bottom of the order. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic. So it's quite a luxury to have Josh Gagley and Sean Murphy, uh, you know, the younger guy that looks to be our future, both both being impactful at this point in time. You know, we, we talked last week on the Bob Melvin show about, you know, how do you not scoreboard watch at this time of the year? And, you know, we're, when we've been doing shows, we're, we're giving live updates of what's happening like yesterday with the Rays and the Red Sox. Those two teams, just like your ball club, they're so tough. Just how much respect do you have for Cash and Francona and the Rays and the Indians as as they stay right on your heels? No doubt. And it just feels like every night they're going to win. So you know you have to win. And, you know, this time of year there's really no other option. You have to win. And and they've been – both those teams have been doing it. Both those managers are terrific and, and how they handle their team and – 
the injuries that they've both been through and, and, you know, how they do things a little bit differently. You know, Cash goes through his whole entire roster, it seems like, on, a, on a, one particular game. Uh, so they do things a little bit differently than most teams do. And, and Tito Francona is probably as respected a manager he's going to find in the game. You know, multiple manager of years. He's, he's won World Series. He's done it all. So, um, you know, not only are they good teams, they're, they have te- they have great leaders on both these teams. And, and uh, you know, we, we know that uh, these guys aren't, aren't, aren't going give, to give up here in, down the stretch, that they're going to continue to win games, and it forces us to win games. Do you, is there any change in how you manage at this time of the year? Uh, you know, it, it's you have to be probably a little bit more cognizant of what the starters doing early in the game. Um, you know, especially with the depth that we have in our bullpen right now, uh, you're always trying to play matchups. Sometimes you'll you'll let a guy get in at bat because you think it'll have you know benefits down the road. Where now you kind of have to do the best you can on, on any leverage to bat, whether it's pinch hitters off the bench and such. Um, you know, our, our organization has been kind of at the forefront of the third time around and, and the averages in the third time around incorporating your bullpen. Um, so we take a pretty hard look at that. Um, sometimes it's, it's, you know, not the most popular thing with our starters to take them out of the games earlier, but um, it's just kind of the way the game's gone and certainly our organization uh, you know, looks at that really hard. So, you know, we'll continue to look at those things and try to get our best guys out there in the best spots. And if our bullpen has to come in a little bit earlier at times, then, then I think we have the guys to do it at this point. Did you ever think you would see a time in baseball where you'd have to win 97 to 100 games just to be in a wild card game? That's crazy. I, I remember years back when, when Dusty Baker was managing the Giants, I think they won 100 games or over 100 games and didn't make it to the playoffs. Uh, so now with the wild card, it looks like, you know, it always looks like if you're just a few games over 500, you have a chance to get into the postseason. That's not the case here in the American League. Uh, you're going to have to win close to 100 games to get in, and that's, that's crazy to think about, but it's the reality right now. It's just the fact that these, the three teams are playing really well. Let me get you in the right mindset for this, this game tonight. And we got to talk about your Cal Bears. We'll end on this. The huge goal line stand, getting a win on the road. Bob, you guys are ranked 15th right now. That's crazy. Uh, you know, to, to start the season, you, you know, you felt like we had a chance to be better. And, you know, looking at the schedule early on, if you get through a couple of games, maybe you got a chance to win three. Uh, to, to be 4-0 right now and to do, do it the way they've done it, where they've been, you know, one game's close, found ways to win at the end, I think that. That goes a long way for these guys going forward. You're going to have a tough one uh, this week with Arizona State coming to Cal. But that was kind of a signature win, being able to, to win that game late on their goal line. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I know they're, they're having a lot of fun right now. Justin Wilcox, again, is doing a terrific job. So um, uh, pretty good feeling over at the U right now. No doubt about it, and we'll be talking to you next Tuesday. I'm not going to jinx anything, so I won't bring it up, but uh, next Tuesday should be a really good show. Good luck the rest of the week, and uh, bring this thing home. You got it. I'll see you next week. The great Bob Melvin, Manager of the Year. Heck, he could get it again, and it's brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Of course, the owner, a huge fan of the green and gold, so you like to support our family. You go to nestbedding.com right now and use the coupon code Oakland, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Plus, there's three stores here in the Bay Area. 
I'm so, I just I just I, I'm tingling. I feel so good right now. You got to bring it home. But I mean, look at the way this. I mean, look. It's hard to believe. And we'll talk about this next. Plus, we have these gift packets we got to give away from from uh, the MLB Network. It's really hard to believe that one of these teams, the A's, the Rays, and the Indians, will have the type of season that they've had, and somebody will not be going to the postseason. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right. Everybody has been asking me. I've gotten on Twitter. I've got it on text from friends, people that I see at the ballpark. Tickets for the wild card game and the ALDS are on sale right now. So get your butts to athletics.com slash postseason. We need to turn this thing into a fortress. We need to turn the Coliseum into what we had in 2012, 2013, where Verlander, Cabrera, and the Tigers all said it was the loudest stadium they had ever been in. All these new stadiums, they're beautiful. They're so cool, but they're not loud. The Coliseum, I know we hate Mount Davis, but it just, it, it keeps the acoustics in, and it's loud. And the other team feels it. They feel the energy. doesn't mean you're going to win, but it doesn't hurt. So you need to get out to the wild card game. You need to get ready for the ALDS. Athletics.com slash postseason. Let's just rock this thing. Eric Karros yesterday, great Dodger, former A. He really likes the A's. And one of the reasons why, you'll hear a though There's a big difference when you hear East Coast people try and act like they watch when we know they don't. I'm going to play, replay Eric Karros today in A's Total Access. That's our pregame show. I want you to listen to the detail. He ha- he knows the names. He knows what's going on. They do that show with the Big Hurt, the Hall of Famer, on FS1. So they're watching games in a studio, and they're on West Coast time. So he's watching the A's. And it was Eric Karros who really impressed me yesterday with his knowledge of the club and how he feels about the club. He really likes them. And why wouldn't you? To win in the postseason, you got to have a bunch of guys who are hot. To win in the postseason, you got to be tough. You're going to get knocked down. You're, you're going to, you know, if, it, if, it's, if it's a fight, you're going to hit the canvas. This isn't the old going in there and it's Mike Tyson and the, and, and the, the fight's over in the first round. And you paid $49 for the fight. <laughs> That's not what this is. You are going to get hit. How do you respond? And too many times, those old A's postseason teams, 
They couldn't take a punch. That's why they never went to the World Series. That's why they only got to the ALCS once, got swept. Does this team have the chin to stay in the fight round after round after round? Your first round of the fight is the wild card. Well, first round of the fight is you got to get to the wild card game. Second round of the fight is a brutal one game. Winner moves on. Loser is booking tea times and vacations. Third round, ALDS. Fourth round, ALCS. Fifth round, the World Series. Are you tough enough to make it happen? Do they have enough to make it happen? Right now, the magic number is five. They've won 15 of their last 19. Their offense during that time is scoring 6.6 runs per game. Marcus Simeon is just, it's incredible. His last 18 games, he's hitting 400. 400! Seven bombs, 18 RBIs, 21 runs scored, and a 1,290 OPS. Only Mike Trout has a better war. He's leading this team. Matt Olson, Mark Canna, leading this team into the postseason. And like I said, it's hard to believe that one of these teams is not going to make it after the years they have had. I mean, the Indians, they've battled all year. I mean, they've made a they made trades. I mean, they've had a they've had a crazy year. The Rays, the Rays just keep doing it their way. And nobody does it like them. They did an article on them on ESPN.com about how the Rays, they don't spend any money. They play their way. They they rely so heavily on their bullpen. They just keep winning. They got nobody in the stands. Nobody in the area cares about. Actually, that's not true. I know we've talked. They actually, I, I believe, get pretty good television ratings. Just no one wants to go to St. Petersburg, and everybody else in St. Petersburg is retired. I, when you go to a ra- so I've only been once with the A's this year. And basically, everybody who works in the stadium is someone who's retired. They're probably people who have moved from New York or Boston or somewhere in Northeast, and they're retired. It's a nice little town. I told you, like, right on the water, there's a bunch of restaurants and bars. But everybody there, I mean, it's like no young people work there. It's, it's people who have retired. There was an article in the Tampa Bay, I think it's the Tampa Bay Times. Yes. Talking about how if they're, they're talking about open up the, opening up the upper bowl at the trot. <laughs> but this, the article is saying how if That's you're opening sad. up, are, are people going to show up? Like, are you, are you, like, if you're a Rays owner or a Rays fan, are you worried the fans, you're going to open that up and fans aren't going to show up? And that's a big thing. Like, if you make the playoffs, how many fans are going to show up? Because they, I was watching yesterday when we had the game on yesterday during the show. There was, there was no one really there. And this is like playoff time. Like, they're trying to get in the playoffs. Oh, no, there there, there, I was watching that same game with you. There was, there was Red Sox fans there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's some Yankee fans there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's incredible that. They don't get fans, but when the Yankees or the Red Sox come in, the people that, once again, have retired down there, they'll go to see their team. All right, what do we got going here? We've got a lot of games being played today. We got, I believe, 16 games being played. 
already today, Washington beat Philly in game one of a doubleheader 4-1. to one. Let's see, where are the Rays? The Rays right now are in the bottom of the first, scoreless with the New York Yankees. Cleveland is taking on the Chicago White Sox. That'll be a 5-10 start. So we'll be scoreboard watching. Now, reality is you just got to take care of your business. And that's what the A's have been doing. The one thing the A's have not had, they've not had the advantage of playing as many bad teams as, let's face it, Cleveland and Minnesota have had an opportunity to face the dregs of baseball. And they they had a little debate today. Chris Russo, friend of the program, and he and his producer, his producer was saying that, ah, Cleveland's better than the A's. And Russo pulled out a stat. That's why we love him. Going, wait a minute. The A's versus the Twins and teams over 500. Do you think it'd be close? No, it's not. The A's are 35 and 27 versus teams over 500. The Twins are under 500 at 32 and 37. But everybody in their division's tanking. <laughs> Kansas City, Detroit, they're tanking. So you can feast on them. Cleveland has feasted on Detroit this year. What have they won like 17 of 18 or 18 of 19 something like that? 18 they won 18 to 1 versus versus the, the 18 and 1. If there was, if the Tigers actually had somewhat of a team, uh, Eno put it out. Early, I think it was yesterday. Uh, the Tigers position players are up there among the worst of all time with the O two and O three Tigers for the worst position players of all time. So how about this note? Because uh, coming up here, we're going to go down to Southern California, and Rhett Bollinger covers the Angels for MLB.com. Okay, so I'm getting a text. Don't say from who. But there will be an announcement coming up in a half hour. I'm being informed from the clubhouse. So we we will we will I'm not going to break it. But yeah, there's going to be an announcement coming up here at 5 o'clock. Okay, uh that note on the ha- the Halos have to win at least, at least three of their final six remaining games to avoid their first 90-loss season since 1999. Where were you in 1999, the year before Mike Sosha was hired? 1999. Where were you? I was living on the East Coast. I was, what, 11, 11 years old? That's how long ago it's been since the Angels have lost 90 games. Uh, I could probably can name a few people on that team. Uh, Darren Erstad, uh, Garrett Anderson, Tim Salmon. 99. Uh, I wasn't even married yet. Uh, I don't think – maybe Scott Schoenweiss. I don't know. Uh, Aaron Seeley. No, he might have been with the Mariners then. Jared Washburn. I was working at KMBR at the time. Was I on the morning show yet? That's a, that's I, I, I might, a, that's I might have been question. on the morning show by then. Yeah, 1999. Was a, a long time ago. Was the Rally Monkey even around then? Oh, no. That was the 2002 thing, right? The Rally Monkey? Your favorite oh, God. mascot it's, it's in sports? It's the dumbest thing in the world. It, it literally, it fries me. Alex Jensen asked Troy about it the other day when Troy Smith came on, our VP of marketing. And yeah. He goes, 
you know the the rally monkey and i'm like alex what are you what are you doing it's the rally possum first of all like that's what we that's what the a's have but he asked him about the rally monkey and i was like what what, what are you doing we don't talk about the rally monkey on no, this program we do not talk about the rally monkey all right coming up next we'll head down south where was Rhett Bollinger from MLB.com in 1999? And wow, what a rough year. No Trout, no Atani. Two games to go. A's and A's cannot wait. You're listening to A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All right. MLB Network has sent us some postseason Swag. So, you're going to get a chance to win it. Three different times we're going to be giving out a code word today. This code word is going to be on Twitter. Are you ready for the to send out the... So, the first, you got to go to our Twitter account, at AthleticsCast24. And the first code word will be coming out in moments. The second code word I will do live here on the show in the second hour. Do we have Brett? Brett, welcome to A's Cast Live. Chris Townsend with the Oakland Athletics. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So I I just had this note that the, the Halos, they've got to win three of their last six to avoid their first 90-loss season since 1999, the year before Mike Socha was hired. And I've been asking people, that's a long time. Where were you in 1999? I was in middle school. I was uh, in uh, seventh grade in 1999. So, yeah, definitely a long time ago. Pretty amazing. And really, the two, they've only lost in their history. The most they've ever lost was 95 games, which also surprised me. Never had a 100-loss team, too. So, yeah, definitely a long time since uh, they lost 90. You know, uh, first of all, how's Mark Langston doing? We, You know, he's a friend of the program. Both of us played baseball at San Jose State. I always have him on. What's the update on Mark? He's doing much better, so that's definitely a good thing. Um, he's still in the hospital and will be for a couple more days. Uh, from what I hear, he's going to get out. It sounds like uh, Thursday or so, and then uh, he'll, he's going to be able to fly back on Saturday. Um, so he's still kind of being taken care of out there. Certainly a scary uh, episode, um, but Terry Smith has talked about him and said he's doing better. Um, and hope is yeah he'll be he'll be back here uh, back at home by by next Saturday by this Saturday. Yeah, he's a Bay Area guy and and you know going to school here and growing up in Santa Clara, he's loved here. So uh, our best wishes to him. Uh, you know the one thing about the Angels and Artie Moreno that I've always respected, and it goes back to this 1999. You know, they're always trying to win. We got so many teams that are just waving the white flag and they're trying to do the total rebuild model. Just talk about how that's not how Artie Moreno rolls. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, I do think that right now it's kind of the the in vogue thing. We've seen the Astros did that, the full teardown and won the World Series. Cubs did something similar. So I think a lot of teams saw that as a blueprint. Whether or not that's good for the game, that's a different question. Um, But the Angels, you said to their credit, do always try to win, try to. You know, in this past offseason, it was mostly all one-year deals, kind of short-term deals. Uh, as we know, they didn't work out. You know, they, they tried to sign Matt Harvey, you know, Trevor Cahill, you know, Jonathan Lucroy, uh, you know, Cody Allen. All their one-year deals really didn't work out, but they all were to kind of in, in an effort to try to make the postseason this year. Um, I do think they'll be much more aggressive this upcoming offseason. You know, Billy Epler, the GM, 
is coming into his last year of, of his contract. Um, the Angels, as we know, need pitching desperately, especially starting pitching. Uh, you know, Garrett Cole's the, the big one out there, the big fish, the local kid from Orange County. Uh, would be a huge, huge addition, but we know he's also not going to be uh, cheap. He's going to be the most expensive pitcher out there and possibly free agent. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely some respect in terms of the fact that it is, you know, nice for fans to see that they're trying. Every year they try to, you know, be aggressive in free agency. Uh, they've always been willing to spend. It's just one of those things now where it's just been a drought here uh, since 2014 since they made the postseason. And, you know, there is hope on the way. They have a better farm system, and obviously it's nice to always have Trout and Otani as your centerpieces, but uh, I do think this fan base is appreciative of the fact they tried to win, but also is still looking for more and wants to see a postseason burst. Yeah, most people believe Mike Trout is going to win the MVP, but have you guys been watching how good Marcus Simeon has been this season? Absolutely, yeah. And even Brad Ausmus was talking about him and how much he feels like he's really improved defensively too, um, even just with his arm and everything. And then, yeah, he's just become a complete, absolute, total package player. I mean, I have a funny feeling he's going to finish – you know, in the top three or four up there, you know, Bregman, of course, too, with the Astros uh, is a guy who's getting a lot of consideration and a couple of guys, guys with the Red Sox. But, yeah, I mean, I think Simeon, especially being on a, you know, potential here postseason team, uh, certainly deserves a, a long look. And, yeah, I said even Osmus has talked about and pointed out how much of a, a big, you know, kind of just uh, overall improvement he's made to his game. You know, we don't even need to get into Mike Trout. He, We all know he's one of the greatest players. He'll probably be the greatest player of his generation. He's – you know, he's going to be, you know, there's Hall of Famers and then there's the really great Hall of Famers. Mike Trout is going to be up there with those guys. But Otani to me is fascinating. We have not seen anybody do what he's capable of doing since Babe Ruth. And I am so interested in, in, in what he is going to do next season because we know he's got the stuff of an ace on the mound. And I can't believe there were scouts that didn't think he was going to be able to hit at this level. He is legit. He's got great power. He's really fast for a guy his size. Uh, I, I kind of want to see a thing where he pitches and hits in an all-star game and is in home run derby. But what do you think the plan is going to be for him next year? You need his bat in the lineup almost every day. How's that going to work with pitching and hitting? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And the big thing, too, is the fact that, you know, he just had that knee surgery last Monday. He's actually going to meet with the media later today here in Anaheim to discuss the surgery that he had. He had basically uh, two kneecaps almost in his one knee. It kind of split there, so they had to have a surgery to remove it. So that's going to kind of push back his throwing plan. Could complicate things a little bit early next season. But um, as of now, I think the plan, if everything goes to plan in terms of the, his health, it's still going to be kind of similar to his rookie year where he's going to be pitching mostly once a week and then DHing uh, pretty much as much as possible, but generally not the day before sometimes in case he were to get hurt. It really messed up their pitching plans the next day. Um, and, and sometimes potentially maybe not the day after, depending on how he's feeling, uh, if there's any lingering soreness or anything like that. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's really a fascinating thing to, to think of a guy that can, you know, throw high 90s with that, you know, swing and miss splitter that's just incredible and then also have the power that he has and be able to run the way that he does. Um, and, and this year the power was down a little bit. His swing was a little bit off, but still off. He had a you know, really strong season for a DH. Um, can really do it all offensively. And, yeah, I mean, it would be really interesting to see. It is uh, amazing to have a guy that can do both like that. But I, I do think it's going to be likely to pitch more likely once a week than be a guy that's going to be every five days. So it's going to be a big plan to try to figure out how they're going to fill out the rotation around him and how they're going to use the off days and everything else to make that work. 
because uh, it is definitely fascinating. And, and the hope is next year he'll be fully healthy that we can kind of see him at full strength. Because this year, you know, it was fun to see him at the DH, but to see him pitch like that uh, is a completely different dimension. Yeah, I mean, I hope Otani says, guys, I'm playing every day. <laughs> I'm, I'm 20. Well, he'll be yeah, like, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah it'll he, be fun. He's going to be yeah, like absolutely. 26 years old. He should say, hey, I'm hitting when I'm – you know what? If I'm Otani and I'm pitching, I want my bat in the lineup to help me win that game. So I agree. I mean, really, if you think about it in terms of overall, I mean, he's their, you know, if you think about it, he's their second best hitter behind Trout, and you're right. I mean, if they really were to want to win every game like that, yeah, you'd want him in there all the day, all the time. I guess some of it's just kind of, kind of keeping him healthy. It's just kind of one of those things he's said. It just hasn't been done really before. So I think they're still try, trying to figure out this kind of, I guess, the mold to make this work. Uh, and I'm curious to see what they do and if they can find ways to pitch, it, pitch him a little bit more or to get him in that lineup a lot more or even have him DH on days where he pitches. But I guess it's going to be a lot. Sometimes it's going to be up to the doctors. But, uh, of course, yeah, it'd be fun to see him every day just to see what he can do. You know, Albert Pujols down the stretch has been pretty good. You know, his numbers, he's 23 home runs, 92 RBIs. I know he doesn't love the OPS at uh, 751. He's still got a few years on his contract as he's got 2019, 20, and uh, 21. Do you think he lives out this contract? Well, at this point, I mean, it's looking more likely that I think if you would have asked me before the season, I would have said it's doubtful, you know, coming off a couple of surgeries from last year on his elbow, uh, you know, on his knee. So I, I thought that, you know, this year you'd probably have some injuries, spend some time on the injured list, have a down year possibly. But to his credit, he's been, you know, as solid as they could have hoped for. You know, he's been healthy the entire season, hasn't missed a single game all year due to health. Uh, they've rested him a little bit more and given him some days off. Uh, to keep him healthy, but at the same time, he's had no real injuries, which has been pretty impressive. Um, you know, as a hitter, he's been right around league average, and when you combine that being a first baseman and with the way he runs, it makes him a below-average player in general, but um, it, it was kind of all they could hope for for him this year. I mean, it's obviously the big thing is going to be just the injuries, but if he were to you know, have another significant injury next year, you could see him possibly you know, not playing out the rest of the contract, but if he continues to be healthy, unless the Angels decide to bite the bullet, and move on, I, I don't know that that's going to happen yet. And right now, truthfully, they don't really have, uh, you know, a first baseman to replace them really in their system. They've got some prospects they like, you know, some guys that are in the big leagues right now, a guy Jared Walsh, who's at 36 homers, a triple-A, and, and Matt Feist, they've kind of moved to third base. They don't really have an obvious replacement at first base either, so I think they'll go into next year with him kind of being the primary guy again with maybe bringing in another, uh, like a lefty, to kind of platoon with him a little bit and then kind of see how it goes. But I do think a lot of it will be dictated by injuries. But this year... Like I said, to his credit, he was healthy, so he's kind of given a little more indication that he'd like to at least try to play out the rest of that contract. Well, you know what? The best news for you, you only got a week left. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, thank you for coming on. And, of course, there's going to be a lot of moves this offseason because we know the Angels, they're going to try and get back in this thing. So uh, we'll be calling when you guys are making moves down south. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on again. Hey, appreciate the time. Yeah, Artie Moreno, I got respect for Artie Moreno. And by the way, number one thing, great news on our guy Mark Langston. And, you know, some of you may know him as he grew up in Santa Clara, went to school at San Jose State. He's our greatest baseball player. He was a great soccer player. He was one of his great Bay Area athlete. And it was just shocking news because, he, you know, seeing him all these years, he looks in great shape. Hard to believe he had a heart attack. So good luck to our man, Mark Langston. But yeah, if they get Garrett Cole and you got Otani, 
That's a that's a pretty good one-two punch. Does Garrett Cole want to come back home? Not everybody wants to come back home. You know, it can be some some guys have said, you know, it, it, it's a distraction. Everybody wants something. Everybody, you know, everybody that you know comes calling out of the woodworks for stuff. Some guys love it, like Marcus Simeon loves it. Some guys do not want to come back home. They'd rather come, show up for a series or two during the year. But maybe Cole wants to get back to California. One thing people also forget, state taxes. He's going to be taxed at 13.3% when he's playing games at home. That's a lot of money. But what does Mama want? I would bet Mama would have no problem Brandon Crawford's sister, she grew up in Pleasanton, went to school at UCLA. Maybe she wants to get out of Texas and wants to get back to Southern California. But what if Jim Crane wants to offer up the cash? Because, you know, when you win and you you go through long postseason runs, you make a lot of money. Plus, Jim Crane is filthy rich. He's a billionaire. He's got multiple, I've looked him up before, he's got multiple companies. What if he wants to, they've got a window of opportunity that could be for years of winning World Series. What if he says, Garrett Cole, you're not leaving. Here's $200 million. And they keep him. I mean, you really are in a pretty good situation. If you're a player that says, yes, I want to make a lot of money, you have that right. I mean, this is your profession, and you want to be compensated. But if it's about winning championships, do you leave Houston? I mean, look at all the young talent around you. Altuve isn't even 30 yet. Correa, Bregman, Jordan. This kid's just cut. Then they got more kids coming up. I mean, Houston is going to be a thorn in our side for years to come. It's going to, you know, the Mariners are bad. But that's it in this division. Angels are going to try and win. Texas is getting, they're going into their new yard. They want to win. And you got the Astros. I mean, you're literally going to have to strap it on for the next X amount of years. Get ready. Because you don't have Detroit, Kansas City, you know, you just Chicago. You don't have that in the division. It, it's it, it, it's, it's going to be a flat-out brawl for the next few years. And that's why these young kids... They're going to have to be lights out. If you're going to compete with Houston, you know, this rotation of Fires, Puck, Lazardo, Montas, you know, these guys are going to have to be really, really good. And they're going to have to figure out the ball. You can't blow 29 saves and think you're going you're gonna to beat the Astros. 
Next year in spring training, I guarantee you, you're going to hear me say this. You want to win this division? You got to win 100-plus games. And that's crazy to think, but that's the deal. You want to stay out of the wild card? You're probably going to have to win like 104 and 105 games. I know that's insane. It really is insane to think. Look where we are right now. Yankees, 102. Astros, 102 wins. They've got six more games to go, and they got 102 wins. Actually, I think the Yankees got, what do they got? Yankees are 102 and 55. Astros are 102 and 54. So I guess the Yankees got a, a check that. The Yankees got a day off coming up here. And also monitoring what's going on with Houston and New York because whoever wins the wild card game on that Wednesday, we're probably getting on a plane that night. Now it's a 5 o'clock game. You're going to get on a plane. Yankees have a day off. Day off Thursday, play the Rangers in Texas to end the season on Friday. So they've got five games left. Yeah. So if you win the wild card and it's in Oakland, you're getting on a plane the very next day and you're heading either to New York or Houston. And I've already made my point of I'd rather play Houston. And and I know if you're driving around right now or you're listening like at work and you're like, are you insane? I have a theory behind it. And my theory is this. If my goal is to win the World Series, it's just not to move on. It's to win the whole thing. I'd rather face Houston's pitching in five versus seven. That's less starts of Cole and Grinky. I I really would only face Cole and Grinky one time. If I'm playing in a seven-game set, I'm getting Verlander twice, you're getting Cole twice, and you're getting Grinky twice. You really want that? I don't. I'd rather do it in five. They just won three of four there. The A's have the confidence. Now I know you gotta you gotta get there and then win the wild card game. But next year, I guarantee you we're gonna be talking about, hey, you want to win this division? You have to win more than a hundred games. So no more slow starts. Like you cannot get off to a slow start. And I know that's what this ball club does traditionally, and maybe this is something and, and you know, we, we won't talk about this with David Forrest during the season, but in the offseason, when we have David or we have Billy, you're going to have to really think about continuity. Really think about this roster and keeping a lot of the same guys. I mean, there will be some changes, but, you know, you'll have the mats at the corners, Marcus at short. You're going to need to do something about second base. You're going to have Murphy behind the dip. Fegley and Murphy again, but maybe Murphy is the full-time guy. Ramon Laureano in center. Probably Mark Cannon left. And Piscotti out and right. And that, and, and Continuity. Because that, that, that would be the one thing to explain why the A's always have a lot of turnover. Well, they always struggle out of the gate because they're, you know, they just get to learn to play together. A new group. Going to have to keep, hopefully, as much of the group together as you possibly can so that you win right out of the gate. God, it's crazy. 
the A's have nine the A's have ninety four wins right now, and they're not guaranteed anything. I mean, Cleveland has ninety two wins. Tampa has ninety three. And everybody's sweating. You gotta play a what you can win high nineties. Back in the day, you win high 90s, you easily won your division. Easily. That's just not the case anymore. Modern-day baseball. You got to feast on the bad guys. There is no question about it. And look at the Rays. Lowest payroll in baseball. They can set a franchise record with 97 wins. They have to win out. Some people think Kevin Cash might be the manager of the year. I don't. After I learned when I was in Tampa that he doesn't make any – every move is made for him from the front office. What do you got, Commander? But Boone seemed to think that having the off day on Thursday and giving him three straight days off again – that one's driven deep to center field. There it goes. See ya. Home run number 10. And the Yankees set another record. 14 players with 10 or more home runs. <laughs> and they're 299th of the year. Wow. They have caught the in, uh, the Twins in home runs. Sounds like they passed them. Because remember did. the Twins had 297. And they didn't play yesterday. Right? The Twins didn't play yesterday. So the Yankees, I believe, are your leader in the clubhouse now in home runs. Aaron Judge has hit, like, I think seven home runs in his last, like, ten games or something. He's been unreal. But the good news there, that's against the Rays. So, yeah, it's one nothing Yankees in the bottom. Of, it's bottom of third now, one nothing Yankees. I love this time of the year. It is just the best. Hey, tell Tim Anderson he doesn't think baseball is exciting. Yeah, well, look at all these people that are going to these games and enjoying it and loving every minute of it. I was at Target Field on Saturday night. It was jam-packed. You know the problem is for him? As he said, oh, baseball is boring. Well, because you've never won. Your team stinks every year. If your team won, maybe you'd think the game was a little more interesting. But when you're 68 and 87 and you're under 500 at home, but we need the White Sox to win tonight. White Sox and Indians. And then we'll keep you updated, of course, what's going on with the New York Yankees. Because, you know, when the Yankees play in Tampa, that's basically a home game. one nothing in the middle of the third inning. Okay, coming up here. I think I brought this up yesterday. I didn't realize Buster only did an article about it. You know, there's only so many jobs in professional sports. So when you have one of those jobs, you're really lucky. You know, whether it's a manager, a general manager, assistant GM, a coach, heck, a broadcaster. There's only so many of those jobs. Like, I, I know people give me crap about doing the Raiders, but there's only 32 sideline guys. That's it. So when you have one of those jobs, it's pretty cool. You know, like what we're doing now, we're the only one that have a 24-7 streaming station. We're the only team in baseball. 
And I want to explain, by the way, the tickets real quick. So if you sign up for A's cast today, you then, because I knew, because I talked to Josh, our ticket guy, a while back, that uh, tickets go on sale today. If you sign up for A's access, you can get wildcard tickets and ALDS. And then tomorrow, it's open to the general public. But if you sign up for A's access, you can get your wildcard tickets today. And we need to pack the Coliseum. That is the bottom line. Of course, you got to get there. I, I, I get you, but we got to pack the Coliseum. You go to athletics.com slash postseason. That's athletics.com slash postseason. And don't forget, A's Cast Live, we are going to be covering this thing like a Snuggie for you all through this run. And hopefully it is a deep, deep, deep run. But coming up next, you think this job would be a great job, but but maybe some of the smartest people in the game are going, I don't know if that's a good gig. You think it's a good gig, but maybe it's not. We'll talk about it right here on A's Cast Live. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Twenty-nine other MLB clubs. Two-two pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back, gone for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. He does. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Commander, you just caught another break? It's now the fourth time I've checked jury duty in the last day and a half, and I'm going to escape it at least through tomorrow morning. They said check back it between 11 and 12, so we'll see. I'm hoping to get out of it the entire week. All right. Barry Zito going to join us at 530. I'm going to give out the second code word right now. So... We have the sweet party pack from MLB dot from the MLB network. Hat, shirt, koozie, cup. I really want the hat. Can I win? Chris Chris from the South Bay? Well uh I'll uh as our president always says, I will reach out and see if we can in. Oh that's terrible. I know. We're on it. We're on it. So it is pretty pretty cool. So we're giving that away. So we did a code word on our A's cast 24 on our Twitter handle. And I'm going to give you the second code word right now. The third code word will be back on Twitter. And the first person who puts the puzzle together and texts the answer at 510-897-1322, you're a winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I believe it was Gina yesterday who won. We got two winners. So two of you are going to win this. The second code word is Mark. Mark. 
Good luck. So the Twins, by the way, they're down to the Tigers 1-0 right now. Yankees lead the Rays 1-0 in the third. And White Sox Indians coming up here at 5 o'clock. So I had this conversation on the road this weekend in Minnesota with some people. And I got shot down. I went, okay. Because I'm, I'm always thinking about ideas for this show and what we're going to talk about. And then Buster Olney backed me up. If I'm, if, I, if I'm a coveted front office person right now, you really want to go to the Boston Red Sox? And some people go, hey, it's the Red Sox. you got to take that job. Really? I don't know about that. I mean, when you kind of think about what's been going on there, you ran Theo Epstein out of town. You bring in Ben Charrington. He wins you a World Series. You run him out of town. Then you bring in Dave Dombrowski. He wins you a World Series. And then you run him out of town. So that's three different front office people. John Henry has run out of town after they have won a World Series. If you're somebody right now that other teams are going to look at and they're going to say, okay, we're putting this organization in your hands. You want a long-term deal. You want security. You want to do it your way. I mean, think about Ben Charrington, right? Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., Xander Bogarts. He helped build that organization's core. Dombrowski brought in Price, Sale, Kimbrell. I mean, you win a World Series, and in the next year or so, you're out of there if something goes wrong. And Dave Dombrowski... I don't know where they rate, but, you know, because at this time of the year, we don't care where your farm system ranks. I'm not, you know, I care about postseason baseball. But I don't think their, their, their system is all that loaded. They've got a bunch of old, expensive guys. Don't even know if Mookie Betts is going to stay. J.D. Martinez can opt out. You really want that job? Does that really sound like a great job? It doesn't to me. I know it's the Boston Red Sox. I know you got money. But they've run out three guys that have won World Series. What does that say to you? Cody, what would that say? Let's say you were a, you know, as you're a hotshot producer now, and you were coveted and stolen away. But if if you were somebody, or even if you have, or you already have, like Hein Bloom. Hein Bloom you know, you look at what he's done with the Rays, but if you're Hein Bloom and you see that job security rep, would you take that job? See, I was trying to draw that correlation a few weeks ago between what the Red Sox are doing and what the Dodgers have done when they when they hired Andrew Friedman, because Friedman was a highly coveted guy from Tampa yes. Bay, and he's done a great job. Well, when I say great, they've gone to the World Series, but they haven't yeah, won. You but, go to the World Series, you did it. You go to back-to-back World Series, you've done it. And great they job. have a great farm system. They have they keep pumping guys out and out and out. And the Red Sox have a well, one. They have a really bad farm system right now. They have a bunch of money invested in players throughout. You know, Sale and Price and everyone else going Evoldi going forward. 
if I'm Heim Bloom and a guy that's going to be highly coveted, it's the Red Sox, but I'd rather stay in Tampa Bay. For like, now. For now. The, the pressures, there's no pressure in Tampa because you're, you're winning without spending any money. You're, you're developing these players that are coming up. You have the number one prospect in baseball, Wander Franco, who's eventually going to come up in probably two years. Stay there. And you're winning now. I mean, as of now, you're not in the playoffs yet, but you're a playoff fringe team. And you're not spending any money. I, I'd wait. I would wait. If I'm like Heim Bloom, I'd wait for the next big coveted job. I'd say, hey, uh, Boston, thanks, but no thanks. You got a crazy owner. Like back in the day, George Steinbrenner. There's people who didn't want to take that job. Remember they gave it to Joe Torrey. Now, everybody's like, oh, Joe Torrey's a Hall of Fame manager. Well, hey, when they hired Joe Torrey, no one was happy about it. You couldn't get top people to take that job. Think about the Raiders. There were so many people that, you know, when Al was running the team, they're like, nah, thanks. I'm, no, no. Jerry Jones at times, there's been people like, nah, no thanks. I mean, the owner, if the owner is just crazy and you're really smart and you're going to be coveted by a lot of people, I don't think you take a job like that. Just because it's the, the, you know, the Red Sox. I mean, you have to win the World Series every year now? Is that what it is? Because if, 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 th- if those are your expectations, it ain't happening. There's only been two franchises in the history of this game that have won at least three straight. That's your athletics and the New York Yankees. That's it. No, no, one, no one's ever done that. And if that's what your expectation is every year to win the World Series, good luck. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You know, getting to the playoffs is not easy. As we said, you got to win around 100 games just to get in the wild card. And if you go, what, two years of just being in like the wild card? And, I mean, you're going to be a failure with 92 wins, 93 wins. You'll be a failure. It's just, it's not, and, and think about Boston right now. Boston's 81 and 75. They're going to end up with over, probably over 80, well, around 85 wins, 84, 85 wins. They'll be over 500. Things aren't changing anytime soon. You know, Toronto will probably be bad again next year. Baltimore will be bad again next year. White Sox are still probably two, three years away. Kansas City's going to be bad. Detroit, Detroit has 109 losses. They're going to be bad. Seattle is going to be bad. So there's all these teams that you're going to have to feast on, and then we'll see who you're playing in interleague play. Unless the Angels find something special, they could be bad again. Texas could be, I mean. So if you're going to be an upper echelon team, you got to win 100-plus games. Does Boston have the talent to win 100-plus games next year? Or the year after that? And all of a sudden you don't do that in two years and you've lost your job? I mean, they've pushed out three people who've won the world. Theo Epstein, Ben Charrington, 
Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski could be a Hall of Fame executive. And you tossed him. He's like the nicest guy in the world. I can guarantee you Dave Dombrowski was not a load. Right? There's some guys who just, oh, my God, I can't work with this guy. Oh, my God. This guy. That's not who Dave is. That's not who he is at all. So I just wanted to bring that up because that's going to be, will it be a covetive job? Here's another one that's, there, there, there's some real rumors going on about this right now. About the future of Bruce Bochy. What could be his future? We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I apologize, A's fans. And some of you have texted me at 510-897-1322. I wanted to get into that GM thing because it fascinates me. Frankie Montas, that is the announcement. Frankie Montas will start tomorrow. Shamanaya will start Thursday. And then your final three will be Fires, Anderson, Roark on Sunday. So what does that mean? What does that tell you? If you're going Montas, Manaya, Fires, Anderson, Roark. Well, Fires starts on Friday. Saturday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday would be his normal day to go. Does that tell us that he is going to start the wild card game? No. But what it also does, it allows Manaya to have an extra day's rest if that's the way you want to go. Either way, you have options options that they didn't think they had last year. So, basically, could Thursday and Friday be auditions for the wild card? Who throws better? Manaya goes out, dominates. Fire goes, fire, fires goes out, dominates. One of them tri- trips up and has a bad start. You know who will ask tomorrow? Well, what is today? Today's what? Tuesday? On Thursday, we'll ask David Forrest. We'll have the general manager on before Manaya throws in Seattle on Thursday and fires in Seattle on Friday. Seattle still can swing it a little bit. So, will these two games on Thursday and Friday tell us who is going to start in the wild card game. I I get it. Got to get there first. Knock on wood. And we asked Bob Melvin earlier, if you're just joining us, we asked Bob about Frankie and how just good it's going to be for him to get on the mound. You know, bottom line, you did let, let your team down. You did. I have told you before, everything that a professional athlete needs, and that's approved by Major League Baseball, 
is in that clubhouse. Whatever you need, and it's approved by Major League Baseball, what's in that clubhouse. You never need to go outside. So whenever I hear tainted supplement or I bought it in, you know, what do we hear a lot? Oh, I didn't buy it back home. I bought it here in the United States because that's supposed to give it the credibility. When you see somebody test positive now, I just have a hard time. I mean, if you didn't know, why wouldn't you bring it into the clubhouse and show, hey, can I take this? And they'll tell you yes or no. But you don't need to go buy anything else. And the whole tainted supplement thing, why why does everybody use that as an excuse? I'm over it, but I think you let your team down. And it's happened It's happened to a lot of teams, you know? Happened with the A's in 2012, Bartolo Colon. And now Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas was, I mean, think about the year he was having and what he would have been like through the rest of the year when the A's started to get hot. Could Frankie Montas be a Cy Young candidate at this point with the year he was having? Could have been. But got to get over it. And I think for Frankie, this outing will help clear his head and get him in a good, you know, mental situation in the offseason. Because he knows he let his team down. He knows he's let everything down. I mean, you got suspended. Think about that. Think about how everybody looks at you in your own circles, in your own family. You're suspended. You can't play. So if he goes out there and at least has a good start, A's get the victory, he can put this behind him and get ready for the offseason. Because next year's rotation, let's call it, right. I mean, we don't, it's, it's, it's going to be a crazy battle in spring training. And, you're, and you know what? You're going to need quite a few starters because I still think they're going to baby puck in Lazardo next year. You know, they're not going to want them to throw 32, 33 starts. We have to baby everybody in baseball now. But you're going to have fires, Frankie, Puck, Lazardo, and then I will say... Bassett. That would be my five, if I had to guess right now about next year. That looks pretty darn strong. And then you're going to need a bunch, you're going to need, you know, guys are going to go down and you're going to need starts. And then that triple A, you know, the battle for who's pitching for our guy, Fran Reard, manager of the greatest offensive team in the history of baseball, the Las Vegas Aviators. Fran's going to have a pretty good rotation down there. You know, because you're going to see Cotton coming back. You have a bunch of dudes down there. Gossett will finally be back. Caprillion. I mean, you got all kinds of young arms. They're just going to be sitting there in AAA for when you need them. Mingden. God, who am I missing? Uh, Jeffries. Blackburn. 
Jeffries, Grant Holmes. There's a lot of guys down there that throw hard and they pitch pitch well. Caprillion's the guy I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. Hey, Fran's going to have a hell of a staff. They might have the greatest pitching staff in the history. Oh, my of God. The, the Aviators are the greatest baseball team of all time. Look at the numbers. They, they might switch. They might just do a complete 180 instead of being the best hitting team, maybe the best pitching team, and they and those have a – you know, their, stat, their hitting stats well, will be awful, but they'll have – They'll win so many games, their pitching will be so good. Hey, the guys, the guys that we've talked to that have come up from the Aviators, I don't think the, uh, I don't think the ball flying out of the ballpark is going to change next year. Oh, God, I forgot about this. Everybody loves home runs, right? Doesn't everybody love home runs? How much do you like strikeouts? Oh, I saw this today. Before we get to the Z-man, Barry Zito. Strike three, you're out. Going into today's action, 41,098 strikeouts this season. The all-time single-season record is 41,207. So we're going to break that today. Congratulations. On September 24th, we're setting a new record. Most strikeouts in the history of the game. I wonder if is Sarah Lang's following this because she, usually she has whoever breaks these records. So we got 16 games on the docket tonight. Uh, it probably has already been broken when I think about it. And you're breaking it, and you still got games Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is the 12th consecutive record-breaking season for strikeouts. 12 straight years, they've set the record. 26, 26% increase over the number in the entire 2008 season. Has it been broken? Uh, Sarah didn't have it. I'm more blown away by this stat from Buster Olney. After 560 regular season starts, CC Sabathia appeared in his first relief appearance and went 1-2-3 against Tampa on only 13 pitches. There's a deadly arm by the bullpen for the Yankees in the in the playoffs. Oh my God, four oh eight. Thank you. Thank I forgot Manaya. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh that guy. That's what I'm saying. There's so many of them, it's hard to keep track. So Fires, Montas, Puck, Lazardo, Manaya. What do you do with Bassett? I I I mean it's kind of like people forget, but Bassett's throwing the ball really well. And you can't send him down next year. He had the uh, he had the four-year. He got that extra fourth option. It might be somebody you move in the offseason. I'd hate to see that. I mean, he went 10-5 and five this year with a 3.85 ERA. Gave you 25 starts. Is that any good? That, that's pretty good. Thank you, 408, for texting in. Yeah, I forgot Manaya. Now, we're dealing with human beings. Things can happen. We don't know. Knock on wood once again. Everybody stays healthy. But, yeah, you know, could they start the season out with a six-man rotation? Because we've got to baby all of our pitchers. Yeah, you don't want to lose Bassett. So what do you do? Does one of the hotshot 
left-handers start the season in uh, AAA? I'm going to have a hard time seeing that. But somebody, you know, because that's the, the option game gets played when you start doing your roster. Like, you know, that'll be something we're talking about. You know, if Chris Bassett goes to spring training next year, throwing the ball well once again, you could lose him. You'll lose him. If he's not on the 25-man, you'll lose him. So what do you do? We'll talk about that in the offseason. But it's a great luxury to have, especially since, let's just say Cole stays. And next year, it's still Verlander, Cole, Grinky. You're going to need all hands on deck. Coming up next, former Cy Young Award winner, was a great left-hander for the A's, one of the best left-handers in A's history. Barry Zito will join us. Is he in Nashville? He'll be joining us from Nashville right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Now back to the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, A's fans. Tickets are on sale for the postseason. Sign up for A's Access, and you can get them today. Athletics.com slash postseason. And to the general public, they go on sale tomorrow. But if you're A's Access... Athletics.com slash postseason. This is a magical year. Need to keep it going. And you need to do your part. Get your fannies to the ballpark. Because this is just not what we're talking about, the wild card. This is also for the ALDS. Make sure you sign up. Make sure you buy tickets. Let's go. Athletics.com slash postseason. Ray Fossey is going to have Chris Bassett, by the way, on A's Total Access. I'll have Eric Karos and the one-time All-Star, Bip Roberts. And then Vince is going to have his A's Best Pennant Races, which has been fabulous this year. We didn't have time to get to the Bochi. Maybe we'll get into that. I... I got a feeling he is going to end up with the Padres. Especially after talking to Tony Gwynn Jr. yesterday. I mean, think about the managers that are out there. Joe Girardi has won a World Series. Mike Sosha has won a World Series. Joe Madden, we think, will be out there has won a World Series. Bruce Bochy has won three World Series. If you're not looking for a puppet, and you're looking for a guy who can manage people and manage them to, to, to the finish line? Why not have one of these guys? And you can't tell me they don't know analytics. Come on. Teams have been using analytics for years. Right? We had Sandy Alderson on. They were doing it way back in the 90s. Branch Rickey was doing it with the Brooklyn Dodgers. People just have different forms of it. The question is how much control. Are you like the Rays and you control every move? Well, then I don't think that's a job for one of these older guys. But if you need somebody, and I thought Tony Gwynn Jr. said it perfectly yesterday, you know, 
You've got Manny Machado. You've got Eric Hosmer. Tatis is a budding superstar. You've got you to bring somebody in there. You can't just bring somebody in there that says, oh, hey, um, this guy's going to be a puppet, and he knows a lot about analytics, but he's going to do whatever the GM tells him to do. You're not going to gain their respect. Manny Machado's a load. You need to bring somebody in that he's going to respect. That's something that front offices, if you don't get that, look at the failures in Philly. Look at the failures just in San Diego. You gotta have the res- the manager gotta have respect. They gotta respect him. If you don't, you're not gonna win. That's the one thing about Kevin Cash. If there's anything that you can say about him, is that he gets everybody to buy in. But the reason why, this is why the Rays don't pay anybody. Is because when you got a bunch of guys that are cheap, you really control them. Like, no one's got guaranteed money, so no one. But as a one relief pitcher, an all-star, friend of the program, Liam Hendricks once said on A's Cast Live, there are certain organizations guys don't want to play for. And we were talking about Ryan Stanek, who had just been traded from the Rays to uh, Miami, and we knew exactly who he was talking about, you know. Guys talk around the league. Like, you can praise the Rays all they want. You know, they're, they're still fighting to get in, just get in this year. They didn't get in last year. But the culture of around baseball where people just go, nah, I don't want to go there. Not going to do it. They do it their way and they're successful. I get it. But if there's one thing that Cash does – is that he, you know, guys don't like being taken out. Guys don't like being hit for. I mean, when you take me out of games, you're messing with my money. That's why I thought Ryan Stanek was going to be such an interesting case if he stayed with the Rays because he's the face of the opener. How is he going to get paid starting all these games? Because he gets the GS, game started. But you're an opener. How are you going to get paid? That's the whole deal. You want guys to buy in. If you don't reward them for these certain roles, let me tell you, you'll have mutiny real fast. And that's one of the reasons why the Rays don't have mutiny is because they don't have big-name guys. They don't have guys making money. I mean, their payroll is so low. It kind of fries me. It's just wrong. And that's where I get back into my whole thing. You know, if you're going to have this luxury tax, these multiple luxury taxes for these teams for spending too much money, well, maybe you have a floor, like a luxury tax. If you go below this, now you're getting penalized. Not everybody agrees with me on this. That's fine. But paying guys nothing, all these teams are starting to do it. When baseball, all these teams are getting checks. Major League Baseball is fat and happy right now. It's over at uh, – it's a 
God, how, what would you call it? Over a $10 billion industry, whatever it is? I mean, these, these, these teams are all getting checks. And if no one's spending anything, that's, whether, that's what gets us to this, you got to win 105 games just to win your division because so many teams are not trying. It can't be healthy for your sport when so many teams are not trying. That's why as an A's fan, you have to be so happy and sometimes you, you get a little spoiled. But the A's get into the postseason, that's 10 times in 20 years. That's a lot. Now it's time to actually do something and make some hay inside the playoffs. But 10 times in 20 years is impressive. And Billy will not do a total. And that's why I was at up in arms last year, especially on the post-game show, about Bob Melvin and Billy Bean's contract. You have to understand how to win here. You've got to understand the pitfalls. You've got to understand what works. And when you go to the playoffs 10 out of 20 years, you get that. And then there was one year they still should have gone. It really, it, it, I mean, it was they won a ton of games and just didn't get in. It should be 11 out of 20, as Billy will remind you. That's why people have so much respect for the A's. That's why people have so much respect for the Rays. you got to know how to win with your environment. And strong leadership, it's key. And there's other people who are figuring out in this game, you know, if you don't have the right people in management positions, it goes south and it goes south fast. You know, Rob Nyer, one of the great baseball columnists on with us yesterday, talked about Jeffrey Luno, the man who runs the Astros, made it a point that everybody in the organization has to be pulling on the same rope, believing in the same philosophy, and if you don't believe in that, you got to go. And he talked about how tough it is to do that. And when I mean everybody, I mean everybody. Triple A, double A, A ball, you name it. Every coach, every person working, every scout, the roving hitting instructor, the roving pitching instructor, at your minor league camp, spring training, everywhere inside the organization, every employee has to be on the same page. And as Rob said, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to make that happen, but the Astros have made that happen. I, and I want to say, you know, with Keith Lippman and what the A's do in the minor leagues, they've, they've had that for a long, long time because you have stability because Billy's been here forever. David Forrest has been here. Billy Owens, all these at Keith Lippman's been here forever. When you have stability, it makes it easier to win. When you have when when you're dysfunctional and not stable, look how fast it goes south for some of these teams. Pittsburgh Pirates, Cody. I mean, some of these teams, they're not going to be good. I, I always go back to the Pirates. They were under 500 for 20 years. 
You don't have that in Oakland. I say thanks for the reminder. And let's see, how are my Buckos doing? My Buckos are, oh yeah, they're sixty-five and ninety-one. Hey, they were playing really well going into the All-Star break, and then they're the worst team in baseball since the All-Star. Look break. how bad the NL West is. Colorado's sixty-seven and eighty-nine. San Diego's seventy and eighty-six. The Giants stink at seventy-five and eighty-one. The NL Central only has one bad, has two bad teams. You got Pittsburgh at sixty-five and ninety-one. Cincinnati at seventy-three and 83 boy Sonny gray take the pressure off things change don't they he's throwing the ball great i think he needs to be in that kind of environment to be successful i think the big stage for him miami is 55 and 101 hey look at the east everybody in the east is 500 except miami so update on barry zito they're efforting him. The the handlers for him are efforting him. They can't get a hold of him. So we'll see what happens. If not, I asked him we can I said we have time available tomorrow to do it. You yeah, know, this, fine. this stuff happens. But we do have an update from Chicago. Chicago is hosting the Indians. The Cleveland Indians. Jose Ramirez activated from the IL and well, this happened. They're coming there. He hits it a long <laughs> way. Deep right field. Puck is back. He's out of room. It's a great Cheap seats in right field, and the Indians race out to an early 4 nothing lead with two down in the first inning. It's not going to be easy. The Indians are playing the White Sox, and the White Sox stink. Rays, on the other hand, are playing the New York Yankees. It's bottom of the fifth inning right now in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yankees lead one to nothing. So you got the Tribe on top, four zip, top of the second there in Chicago, and you got the Yankees leading the Rays. You heard Bob, if you heard Bob Melvin earlier today, what did he say? Got to win every game. You have to win every game. Who's going to blink? One of these teams is going to blink. One of these teams is going home. The A's got to handle their business tonight in Anaheim. There's no question about it. Two in Anaheim, four in Seattle. Get this game back to Oakland, and and, and let's get crazy. Athletics.com slash postseason. You can get tickets. Sign up for A's access. You can get it today. Tomorrow, the general public. Athletics.com slash postseason. Get your tickets for the wild card game in Oakland, knock on wood, and the AL Division Series, which is either going to be against the Astros or the Yankees. Now, don't count the Twins out. The, the, the Twins, if the Twins are like, let's say it's the Astros and, and Athletics and, and, it's, and it's Twins-Yankees, don't think the Twins can't take the Yankees out. Don't think the Twins can't take the Astros out. They, 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 they've got a puncher's chance. Now, of course, as we told you earlier today, you know, as people are, are looking at the Twins, Twins were just 32-37 and 37 
against teams over 500. A's, they were 35 and 27. So the A's played well. Just think if the A's didn't have all these blown saves, where this team would be. And I know some of you, oh, it just happens. It happens. 29 blown saves. If you just take five or six of those away, we're not even sweating these next few games. If you're just joining us, Frankie Montas is going to start tomorrow, and that lines up Mania for Thursday, Fires for Friday. So that gives you your option to either go with Fires or Mania for the wild card game. How about Fires and Mania in the wild card game? Fires get you three or four. Mania gets you four, five, six. Lazardo gets you seven, eight. Lazardo gets you seven. Puck gets you eight. Liam comes in, pits the ninth. And we're getting on a plane to go wherever. It's crazy to think that this time last year you're you're banking on Trevino and Trinan to be the guys to close it out, and both guys are out for the rest of the season. So Trevino has a cracked rib? A cracked rib from what I've seen. And he's done for the season? They're saying, yeah, from what I've seen, he's going to be out and Trinan's going to be out. So it's like Trinan's out with the back. So – I mean, maybe maybe if they move on after the wild card game, we can see the one of the, you know, one of the guys back. But I wouldn't. I probably my, personally, I wouldn't bank on it. This season has really taught us how volatile a bullpen can be, and that you just cannot year to year. You just can't year, year to year. You just don't know. It, it, it's unbelievable. Do we have Barry? Barry Zito, Chris Townsend with the Athletics. How are you? Hey, Chris. Really sorry I was uh, late, man. But as a uh... Putting my kids down in a little bit of a blur here for a minute, so I apologize. Hey, life changes fast when you got young kids, right? Oh yeah, man, it's uh, it gets primal, that's for sure. So the book is finally out, Curveball: How I Discovered True Fulfillment After t- Chasing Fortune and Fame. How much fun is it putting out a book? Uh, <laughs> Well, at this juncture, it is definitely fun. You know, uh, for the last two years, it's been quite a challenge to, you know, just kind of go through the process. But I think more emotional than I ever thought it would be just really getting back into the experience, you know, a lot of the pain and stuff. How therapeutic was it for you to do this book and to now finally have your story out? It was really therapeutic. I mean, what I didn't realize, and I think what's good about any of us kind of going back to old experiences is to, you have a perspective that comes with age and wisdom. And I actually never realized, you know, just the huge impact that my father had on, on every side of my life and, uh, you know, a lot of good, but some bad too. And, you know, so I really kind of illustrate in the book of just how I, I realized I was trying to win his approval and, a lot of times pitching, you know, trying to be good at baseball really to get approval from him and, and you know, feel loved from my father, which is, uh, like I said, that's not something I realized I was doing really. Yeah, that's heavy stuff. And, and to share that w- with your fans, because you know, especially on this side of the Bay, how much uh, A's fans love you, you, you know, that, that that's something that, you know, that's not easy to do to bury your soul in front of everyone. No, I mean, I mean, it's not easy. And I, you know, I guess for whatever reason, I just feel there's just kind of been a weight on my conscience. Cause I know that there was just some things I wasn't able to say in post-game interviews sometimes. And, you know, when you're playing, you kind of maintain this armor of, you know, whether it's confidence or, or strength or whatever you're trying to portray when you're kind of in the gladiator arena, you know, but 
now that I'm not, you know, in that, I definitely feel like there's some things I just needed to say. And, and so it was really great to be able to say those things in the book. Well, of course, there's the great successes, of course, with Oakland and the big three. And you won the Cy Young in 02 and a three-time All-Star. And you won a World Series. Uh, we haven't seen the book yet, but how much do you talk about the great times that you had in your career? <laughs> you know, I definitely do focus on those and, and, you know, but unfortunately a lot of the way that I was viewing just baseball in general and, and my success is I felt a lot of the time, you know, like I deserved it just from how I was raised and, you know, work hard and you'll achieve these things and didn't really have a foundation for anything that was more important, you know, than, than baseball or than, you know, winning the game. And so when I was doing, you know, really fun, amazing stuff in, in Oakland and succeeding, there was a part of me that just kind of felt like this is how it's supposed to go. And there wasn't really this gratitude. And unfortunately, you know, that turned into a lot of fear of like, wow, how do I keep this going? You know, if, if this is what my life is supposed to be like, then how do I make sure, you know, instead of like, oh, wow, this is amazing. How did, how did a Cy Young happen? Who's, who knows, you know? Well, you got that curveball and that change up and uh, there's, a, there's a reason you got that Cy Young. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny, the further I get from those experiences, the the less I can actually take credit for them. I mean, I feel like I was throwing a curveball like most kids growing up or a changeup. I, I, I just, I don't really know why, you know, I had the success I did. And, uh, but, but I do feel that I'm really empowered now in a, in a humble state of mind. And, and again, just grateful for all of it, you know. People think signing big contracts is easy and I like to tell them all the time you never know how it's going to affect you when you sign something like that and especially when you sign with another team because now that other team people just see you as dollar signs and they expect you to succeed every single time you're out on that field how did signing that big contract with the Giants affect you mentally oh it was very difficult. Um, you know, and I think for me, like, you know, I, I touch on that in the book of like, you know, when these guys kind of re up with their home team that they came up with, they, they have all this credit built up, you know, in the, in their baseball bank account with the fans. And when you go to a new squad, you're basically starting all over again. And so even though I was still in the Bay, I, I was starting from scratch and, you know, I came out those first, you know, few games and had some rough starts in 07 and, it was kind of rough, you know, most of the way there. And, uh, I think for me, you know, just my, my, my headspace, a lot of it was really based on ego. I mean, unfortunately I was, I was really needing to feel important and to kind of feel validated that I was, you know, like kind of this famous guy in the spotlight. And of course I was getting, you know, I was getting involved in Hollywood things. So that was just adding fuel to the fire. And, you know, it, it stopped being about really just pitching well and having it in there, uh, you know, early in my Oakland career. And, and it took a long time to get back to that. And recently, Bruce Bochy was asked the toughest decision in his managerial career. And he mentioned you and he said 2010 keeping you off the playoff roster. And you talked about 2010 and how you. Uh, how you felt about that Giants team. So what do you think about when Bruce Bochy says that in all those years of managing, you know, having to deal with 2010 and you was the toughest thing you ever dealt with? That's wow. I mean, that guy's been through a lot. So, I mean, I would say I'm honored on the one hand, but, uh, you know, that was, that was my toughest moment hands down in my career. So, 
uh, I'm glad I wasn't alone in that, I guess. But, you know, he handled it incredibly. I mean, he, he was such a, a classy guy and, and he did what he had to do. I mean, I would have done the same thing if I was manager. Um, and, but, you know, I, I embraced that failure, that, that great failure of my career, you know, because it really, it cracked my head open and made me realize I'm not, you know, I'm not the center of the world. And, uh, for me to get left off that roster and watch the team, you know, win the world series was so painful for me. And, uh, but it led me to, to really live my life for something greater at that point. I just, I just realized that my own willpower really wasn't sufficient for, for life anymore. And, and that was a huge, huge win, uh, in my book. Yeah. In the book, I, I guess you mentioned you really weren't pulling for them in the postseason 2010. Yeah, I mean, and that, you know, and, and there was a big headline in the Bay Area recently about that. And of course, you know, the, the reality is that, you know, I think any of us when when we're supposed to, you know, we get hired to do a job and, you know, we're getting maybe paid, you know, higher than other people to do that job. And then we end up, you know, not even being competent enough to get it done. And, and we're watching people, you know, that we're getting paid more. They're actually doing the job we were hired for. And, and that's how I really took that situation. And so, you know, being just in a very dark, shameful place, you know, at that time, I, there was a part of me that was, you know, hoping the team would lose so that, you know, I, that I could validate, you know, my, my struggling ego, you know, to say that I'm still needed on this team. Uh, Cause to be honest, I mean, it just didn't even feel like my team anymore uh, when I just really wasn't even allowed to, to take the field with them. It was a very difficult time. But the great thing is you got back up on that horse and they don't win the 2012 World Series if it wasn't for you. What did that mean, and what do you talk about in the book, the comeback in 2012? Yeah, that, that 2012 year, uh, just, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I can't take credit for that. I honestly can't because it's just a real ironic thing. You know, I just, I'm a, I, I feel like I'm a good person, good heart, you know, and I really just wanted to impress the fans all along, just, Proved to the Giants fans that I was worth the money and that I could get it done for their team. And there was a lot of guilt that I harbored for many years, you know, for, for everything that happened uh, and for how much I was getting paid, you know, and to go out in St. Louis and that NLCS and, you know, do that in the world series too, was just, that was just me literally giving up that need for redemption and giving up that need to validate. And, and for me, you know, it was a higher power. I just said, you know, God, I'm sick of like working so hard to get everyone to think I'm, you know, worth it. And, and I just want to go throw that ball and enjoy it. And, and I was able to do that. And, you know, of course, when you stop trying to impress everyone, right, then all of a sudden great things happen. So do you think of a player struggling mentally right now that this book would be a great read for them? That's my hope, you know, Chris, like I really, I really hope that whether it's high school kids, major league guys, you know, I'm just trying to, to open up to something I think that all of us deal with on some level. You know, it, it's not like you got to be in some big high position making a lot of money to, to doubt yourself or to take your job too seriously so that you, you actually do a worse job at it than you would, you know, if you really had perspective. And I think in pro sports, certainly a lot of guys put so much pressure on themselves to be good every day. And usually it's the guys that value something in their life more than the sport that are the ones that do it so great and, and so consistently because they're, they don't have a death grip on it, you know, and, and that's kind of the theme of the book. The book Curveball, How I Discovered True Fulfillment After Chasing Fortune and Fame. You're the best, Barry. Good luck with this book, and we'll have you on again soon. 
I look forward to it, man. Again, sorry I was late, but uh, it was it was great to talk. We'll promote the book. Thanks, buddy. All right, take care, buddy. Barry Zito. Wow. Wow. I tell you, man, you don't know how money's going to affect you. And you think about where he was at the top of the game to where he fell and then to come back in 2012 and, and to now bury your soul where most people would just hide this. They wouldn't want to be honest. I can't wait to read it now. Curveball, how I discovered true fulfillment after chasing fortune and fame. All right, that's going to do it for A's Cast Live. Thank you to Bob Melvin. Thank you to Brett Bollinger. Well, not Brett Bollinger. Rhett Bollinger. Brett Bollinger was a football player. Rhett Bollinger and, of course, Barry Zito. And we have our winners for the packs. For the, okay, good, good. We'll be back tomorrow, same thing, 4 to 6. Stay right here on A's Cast, A's All Night with Alex Jensen. And then I'll be back, A's Total Access, getting you ready for A's and the Angels. Let's get this done right here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.